Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! Welcome back. Dunks and Discourse, episode 13. Today we will be talking about the Southwest Mount Rushmore. We're going to talk about what we were watching. We're each going to pitch a movie that we may want to see remade. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Bob Myers, Kevin Durant comments. Last Dance episodes 9 and 10, we will talk about on our Thursday episode, along with our final Mount Rushmore. Um, and that, that, that'll that wrap that. So Thursday will be a wrapping up of, you know, Two regular bits for us. Jabari, how you doing, man? Not bad, not bad. Good good to be back with you. I was actually looking forward to this talk. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's it's been nice to see the Mount Rushmore's pick up some steam. Uh, you know, people messaging us about not spoiling things on the way up to them and uh, when are they coming out. And it's, it's been nice to see the feedback, so keep that feedback coming for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, what I can appreciate about it, it hasn't been a lot of the, oh, you guys are the biggest idiots. It's been, you know, even if they disagree, they've just been sharing their opinions, which I definitely appreciate. Anytime we put these lists up or, you know, Mount Rushmore's, just give us yours, man. We'll appreciate it just like, you know, I appreciate justice. And I'm also not really fighting on these as hard as I maybe fought on rankings lists in the past. This is more about, like, what what does the collective think right now? And then us kind of mauling it over more so than you and I standing on a hill shouting, you know, here's who has to be here. Yeah, because, let me realistically, when when you do these, it it, it is opinion. Like, yes, there are certain ones that, yeah, they have to be there. But, you know, sometimes for the second and third or even the fourth, and and of course the fourth one, it's just a matter of, you know, which guy impacted your viewing pleasure more. Yeah, and I would say with the exception of the next episode, I've been pretty okay with most of the results, (laughs) even if I didn't, didn't agree. Fair enough, fair enough. But before we get to that, and before we do some of our, our movie TV stuff this week, I wanted to talk about Kevin Durant. <laughs> Actually, and you know what? Before I even get to what I want to talk about, as I'm waiting for you to get on here, I'm just scrolling the timeline, and I see that Whistle Sports posts the uh, Peyton Manning making fun of Kevin Durant. I think it was at the ESPYs. <laughs> in, was yes. it 27? Do you remember this? Something like that, yeah, yeah. 2016, 17, right around there. And... Man, I honestly think I remember being like, "Wow, like what, what, like, whew. But, but watching it now and knowing how deeply, the how deep the cuts go and how heavy all of the reception really weighed on Kevin Durant for all of that time, how him and Russ aren't you know cool. It almost felt harder to watch this just today than it did then. Well, yeah, because honestly, back then I thought he was in on the joke. Like when he deadpan, when he just sat there, like yeah, okay, whatever. I was like, okay, that's funny. That's actually really funny because I wouldn't have been able to hold that face. I genuinely thought he was in on it. 
Uh, so you're right. Yeah, I, I didn't go back and watch it now, but I remember it. You know, I remember it like it was yesterday, and that would be very uncomfortable. And, and not to do like the whole fake tough guy thing that gets really annoying, but like Kevin Durant's not someone I would say like I would be afraid to walk past um, on the street. You know what I mean? Like I'm not looking at Kevin Durant and being like, oh man. That's a scary man. But when he when he when he is deadpanning there, when when Peyton makes the joke and the camera hangs on him for like eight, <laughs> nine, ten seconds, and he yeah. he just looks ready to kill. And I'm like, man, this this is a scary guy right here. Like, the, there there's real hurt. There's yeah, real hurt. It, it remind okay, so it reminds you of a couple things. One, yes, he really was hurt. And two, that look and that you know just sitting there dead face was a six eleven yo athlete looking at a six four athlete saying. All right, man. You keep on playing. <laughs> you keep playing with me. Yeah, he was like Peyton. You couldn't move in your best days. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. It's and and then at the end, eh, when he hits him with like, oh, you wouldn't start with this team, and it, and it flashes on Russ, and Russ can't even look at the camera. Like he. Uh-huh. Oh man. <laughs> I don't, anyway, the reason that you know this is timely, is because Bob Myers, you know him as the Warriors front back man. And uh, has some interesting comments about Kevin Durant. Do you see this? I haven't yet. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, fill me in. So here's the comment that, that is making the news and we need to discuss. He says, um, the second title run with Kevin Durant, it wasn't joy. I don't and, and yesterday when I'm reading this, I couldn't believe, like, even though it, it's true... In a lot of ways, and and general fans think that. And sorry, I'm going to read that. There's a little bit more to it. So the second time with Kevin in 2018, it felt like, well, we just did what we were supposed to do, and great job. It wasn't joy. And it's just, man, like every non-Warriors fan, that's how we felt. Like, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. This was the expectation. Nothing exciting happened. It was It was too cut and dry. But to hear him say that, after the fact, when you're the franchise that benefited from him making that decision, really, really sat badly. You know, what I find interesting about it, because I had, you know, it, when you just read that to me, I thought, you know, my first reaction was like, oh, man, come on now. But when you read it in its entirety and you think about the circumstances, I, I'm on the other side of this. While, yes, it may initially come across as bad or like, yeah, you know, like as though he's like kicking him out, you know, like after he left out of town. I think he's just being honest. And it's actually one of the things that I can kind of appreciate about Bob Myers. Look, none of them are being straight, 100 percent straightforward with us. We, we know that, you know, that that's the wink and nod. We, we know we get it. But the ones that are more genuine, I tend to appreciate. Um what he's what he's simply saying is yes. When we you know when he first came here, it was phenomenal. It felt good. He's not saying that year two didn't feel you know what you know what wasn't good because it was Kevin's fault. He's just being matter of fact about the circumstances with all of it hanging over their shoulders with the you know the situation with Draymond you know you know coming up very early in the season with you know the the constant you know conversation surrounding Kevin Durant's future with let's be real we know how this works and you know the, you know, the listeners I'm sure are privy are, are more privy than they have been in the past how things work behind the scenes. That decision wasn't made at the end of the year. So there's a good chance that all those players were hearing the rumors and hearing the murmurs, whether it came from their business agents or their managers or just other people within the industry that, hey, look, it looks like Kevin Durant is on his way out the door. So you given all of those circumstances, I can see what he's exactly what he's saying about it not being fun. It's not necessarily saying it's KD, but all of it. 
No, I mean, see, I, I think you're off on this. There, there's, there's a couple things. One, it's it's one thing to, to to applaud a guy for being honest, and fair enough. It's another when you have the relationship you did with with Kevin, and you know it's been well documented that the Warriors catered to Kevin in a way they didn't cater to some of the other guys. And you know, to what some of what you're saying, Bob knew exactly how this comment would be he knew it would be run with and he knew how Kevin Durant would take it and this is shade from from an executive to a player who I'm not going to say led them to or I'm not going to exaggerate it but guaranteed that they won at least two of the next three championships and this feels a little bit to me like Pat Riley you know putting it on LeBron's name after he left and I'm getting that like bitter ex-lover vibe I see. I'm just not getting at it, and I and I see where you're coming from. Like, like, had there been more to the, you know, to the take? Had there been more, you know, meat on that, you know, like you meat on that bone? Like, had he followed it up with, and you know, you know, anything else about Kevin? I, I would have said, okay, yeah, that that is definite shade. You know me. I'm the I'm the king of like petty and shade, and I love. I live for it. I roll around in it like a pig in slop. Like I'm in heaven in it. I just don't see it here. Like I really don't. Yeah, well, okay, but what about the history here? 20, 2018, after the second title, Bob Myers at the parade. You know, Fitzgerald says, and I'm going to read the exchange from CBS. I heard you tell tell Kevin Durant he can have whatever contract he wants next year. Myers, yeah, that was just for the media. He can't have Kerr jokes p- puts in mid-level contract. Myers, yeah, mid-level, haha. Fitzgerald, because last year you told Steph he could have any contract he wants to. Myers... Yeah, well, that was different. He's been here from the way before days. He's earned it. And then the crowd, uh-huh. there's like a, a loud, like, ooh, in, yeah. in the crowd. Like, he he stepped in it right then. But, See, but I'll acknowledge, he stepped in it right then. It, but it, doesn't that history make this worse? Like, Bob's done this. He knows how Kevin Durant feels. He knows who Kevin Durant is. He knows how the media is going to aggregate and run with that quote. Like, that that was purposeful. Okay, so here's one for you. Back then, he had to worry about you know the egos and the feelings and the emotions of all of them. Now, he doesn't have to. Another thing I'll tell you is this. I think Kevin Durant would acknowledge exactly what Bob Myers is saying, and it would not shock me if they've had that conversation privately. I don't think he would. I, I think Kevin Durant would be sitting there from, like, you seem ungrateful. And what... Because what, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant did respond to this. Let me just look this up. Kevin Durant said something in Instagram comment um, and, I, and I have to figure it out I have to find it now but no, no worries. he did say something too oh he said something like everybody looks pretty happy in this photo or something <laughs> and but the, the, the thing is man it, 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 it it's just a bad look from an executive and we've had conversations before and I'm gonna use another example I'm gonna keep trying like I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep I'm gonna go back to the Warriors history I'll go, go with the heat it. I'm gonna go with the Knicks now I'm gonna try to bring you when Phil Jackson was taking shots at his players Mm-hmm. There was a, a a rather and mellow is a million times more love than KD, but that there were there was a loud outcry that that is not how executives should talk about players who mm-hmm. laid on the line for the team, and that it might hurt them in free agency and it might hurt you know like the next standing in the community. Not that that could really fall any lower and all that stuff. <laughs> but why is it okay for the for the Golden State Warriors and for Bob Myers? Oh, he's just honest. You can't put that out there and just leave it at oh like he 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 um 
he was critical. You have to actually say what he said because what he was saying was directly pointing the finger, was absolutely pointing the finger and, and, and chastising him through the media. Through, and it was his active player. We can't like you, you cannot equate the two things like, yes, it, yes, it is the act of a president or GM speaking about a player, but those are not the same exact situations. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're not going to disagree. <laughs> I, I, I just I felt really I felt really off about this when I was like, this is this is a bad look. Well, and I'm not going to like, again, th- there's layers here. Kevin Durant didn't sacrifice to go to Golden State. He did the opposite. Right. He, But he he did. So it was a trade off. Right, you took the fast track, but and he—I don't think he—he he didn't realize. He apparently did not realize the extent to which this move, combined with him, you know, being a bit of a heel and fighting the backlash, was going to have on his reputation and his name. But you know, the benefit or the benefactors of that decision and of that loss were the Warriors, who may or may not have won another one the next three years. They may or may not have, but 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 because he went there, he ensured that they won two and would have won three if he had been healthy, you know, last year. So I I, I just thought it was an ungrateful bad look from Bob, and that's La- that's the last thing I'll say. I got you, and and the only thing else I'll follow up with is, I'm you know that I'm I feel as though Katie absolutely deserves the credit for those rings. We've actually had this conversation you know several times over, and I feel as though you've come closer to my light. But here's the thing. I, I really just don't see it, but you know what? I'm not a you know, I'm not a Warriors fan. <laughs> so so end of the day, if it ends up you know being a back and forth, and Katie really lets them have it, or you know uh, you know spill some tea, I'd be all here for it. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave. Yeah, it. I, 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 it's it's not about like it's not even really about how I feel. It, yeah. I just think it's the optics from where Bob's sitting. Some sometimes when you know when you're rolling on top, you know for you know for an extended period of time, especially if you weren't accustomed to it prior to that, uh, you know you, maybe you, you know, maybe you feel a little bit big for your britches. I recognize that's an older saying, but maybe you feel a bit a, a little bit bigger than you should. The the only other um, the only other NBA piece of news that I think you know warrants a, a few minutes here is Spencer Dinwiddie um, crowdfunding his next team. <laughs> He wanted 24-something million in, in Bitcoin, and then he would let fans vote on where he should go sign a minimum deal for a year if they came through. Now, after like five hours, I looked at this, and there's like 816 bucks in there. So I don't, I don't think they're going to get there. I don't think this would have worked anyway, but uh, any, any thoughts on Spencer Dinwiddie getting creative here? I get it. I, you know, he clearly wants to be out, and and I actually understand it. I under, I understood the Kenny Atkinson situation where he basically was like, "Look, this is not what I signed up for." Uh, when you consider like the real grit and grind mentality and mindset that they had the year before, like all for one, you know, one for all, you know, all of that, you know, all of that stuff. But it actually seemed to be working, at least from a, a team camaraderie and you know, and, and team buy-in standpoint. And then all of a sudden, you've got two superstars. One being KD, the guy that we just spoke of, and the two being Kyrie Irving of all people. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, just totally pile on Kyrie because, of course, the guy's still a, a star talent, still a star player. But we all know what goes into that. If you're Spencer Dinwiddie, and or like a Karis LeVert, or even like, um, you know, the the other younger, you know, the other younger guys on the team, you know, Jared Allen or Musa or any of those guys, all of a sudden. What you know, what you knew as your basketball career, what you knew as your basketball life, it is no longer. You recognize, okay, they've got two guys, 
every other front office wants to bring in that third guy, so all of us are expendable in, in some way or another. So I get why Spencer Dinwiddie's doing it. It's just kind of corny to me. I, I, oh. I hope I hope they can reach an amicable uh, resolution at some point. I, I think it's a bit corny. I, I, I think Spencer did, like, power to him for seizing his moment and, like, yeah. being a role player and really making the most of it, but... Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was super corny, and like, and and that's coming from someone who could totally empathize and understand with the fact that getting twenty four million dollars to run as far away as you can from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving sounds like a great thing, but <laughs> but man, I just thought it was lame as hell. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, we're all yeah. waiting. Like, is this season not happening? Like, this guy could go have to go back in two weeks and play in the playoffs with these guys, and he's like, actually, you know, I'm. $188,000 away from being a Charlotte Hornet next year. So, you know, here we go. Hey, um, serious question? Because I, I don't remember now. Who's their coach right now? Uh, it who stepped is, into their role? Uh, I, I know who it is. It's just escaping me. Um, did some time with Jacques Vaughn. Ah, hey, shout out to what he did in Orlando. I'm kind of being a jerk by still even referencing that. But, okay. I think. Okay. I, I, I want to say it's Jacques Vaughn. Yeah, yes. that's cool. We, yeah, we can go on. Okay, I had it. Right. He coached the whole two games before we went into the hey, COVID. You know what? I hope they go on a run and and Jock looks good. I'm I'm, I'm actually not being facetious about that. But you know. <laughs> well, I, I did see something too. Like they're the most bet on uh, bet in Vegas or something right now. Like everyone's just loading up for them to win the title at whatever the odds are because they think Katie and and Kyrie might play. It, I mean, so, it, 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 you're going to get good odds, so I can, it, I, can see, I can see taking that risk. It's not going to happen, but I can see taking that risk. Yeah, I can't knock it. Although, I look at my prop bets from before the year still, and I got like my, my 100 on Nikola Jokic to win MVP, and then just stare at that bet, and I'm like, oh, man, it looks so good. At th- I think I got like 16 to 1 or 15 to 1 or something on it. I was feeling pretty good about it. But The next time you want to do that, just you know, just mail me that hundo. I'll... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll sign something for you so you at least feel like you got something out the deal. Yeah, you know what? I, I thought that was a savvy pick. I've had I, I I've been ahead of the curve a few times, man. I had the Curry MVP season in the preseason when nobody else had him. I had that kind of a vibe. I was like, I'm I'm one head. I'm one <laughs> you know spot ahead of the masses right here. I'm gonna get this. But uh, then he started like he, you know. In fairness, he he had a pretty good season. He rounded it out, but. The yeah. first six weeks of the season, watching him play and, and having that bet down. Oof. I'm just going to keep it real. I don't care how it sounds. Yes, I, I say this acknowledging I'm just some dude that's sitting on his couch. I'm not a professional athlete. Uh, Jokic wants to you know, wants to win MVP or Denver or lead Denver to anything. Come into the season in shape. I don't yeah. care how that sounds. Come into well, the season in shape. Don't play your way into shape, and you wouldn't be so run down. I, and I think we've talked about this before, but I, I'm very curious to see what all the NBA players look like Ooh, coming, back coming back and playing immediately. Like, especially with many of them admitting, like, look, I got nowhere to play. Mm-hmm. I don't have a yard to throw up a court. I don't have money to build my own court. I'm, you know, I yes. like Jason. When Jason Tatum's like, I haven't touched a ball in a month, I was like, oh man. Like, did you see the clips of folks that were supposedly doing their cardio in their homes? Like it was like Serge Ibaka and like like I think like um, my man uh, uh, 
uh, Trey Young, good grief. Um, they were like running around their houses. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. I'm hope now that was right at the, at, you know, right at the start of this. So well, hopefully Trey- they were able to work something out, you know, afterwards. But yeah. Well, Tr- Trey's done anyway. We're not, we're not getting right to the season game, so Trey can just relax, take, take <laughs> well, a load off. <laughs> keep, keep doing guest spots and, and and enjoy your summer, young fella. All right, Bob say. Myers. If it, it feels it feels weird to say young fella genuinely, but uh-huh. like I'm getting to that age where like the guys coming in now make me feel bad about myself. Welcome to the club. That yeah. started happening to me ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> ten years ago, when I was ten years older than guys coming into the league, I recognized, oh god, it's 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 different now. <laughs> say, saying young fella like sort of seriously though feels like a badge of honor. Like that was a big moment for me. Just now. there you go. The, the, the we, only next step is some grays coming to your beard. Yeah, got a couple of those. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we, I got, I'm glad we got to share that, Jabari. That was a highlight moment. Hey, there you go. Okay, so we're gonna play a little game. And this started, you know, you were talking about um, on the show Twitter uh, at Dunks Discourse. Um, you were talking about a movie that you know sucked or wasn't rated highly, but you liked, basically, right? And um, you know, you got a, you got a bunch of uh, suggestions there, and one of the ones that came to mind for me was Highlander, and I was like, let's each pitch remaking a movie because I would love to see Highlander be remade. What's the one you what's what are you remaking? All right, so just be prepared to be upset. Uh, I'm talking about the listeners because everyone seems to get upset anytime you want to remake movies that are you know deemed as classics. Uh, but I hope folks will hear me out, including you, uh, before you immediately you know scoff at this notion. One of my favorite movies and books of all time is To Kill a Mockingbird. For anyone not aware of the story, basically the quick recap is it follows the lives of two kids in the South uh, that happen to be the town lawyer's kids. It's a traditional coming-of-age film, uh, but it deals specifically with a lot of societal issues that are actively plaguing modern times. uh, From poverty to race relations to injustice and everything in between. So it's an incredible film, but if we're being honest, a great deal of folks these days just haven't seen it. Uh, we all know folks that are, you know, that have an aversion to black and white movies or anything deemed as old, uh, you know, to begin with. So you don't even have to change the story because it absolutely holds. And I would love to see them redo that. Did you have some casting choices in mind? I do. You, you know who Atticus, I'm going to Who's, who's going to be Atticus Finch? You know who I'm going with. It's always Leo. It's always <laughs> Leo. Give me Leo as Atticus Finch. Give me Cal, you know, ask Alpernia. Give me Viola Davis. Now you don't have to have her playing like the, you know, oh yes, you know, <laughs> quite as subservient. We don't need a reenactment of the help. She can actually, you know, you know, it can actually be in modern times. Um, so yeah, I should have, I should have stated that modern times, same okay. exact, same exact situation. So same story, but it's happening today. Yep, um, and and everything still, kind of, still kind of plays. But so are they get, still hanging him, or is he just going into life in prison? It won't be a hanging, but you know what? That, it wouldn't shock injection? me if there's still. It wouldn't shock me if there's still somewhere out there that that they can do that oh, in oh, these man. states. Uh, I'm gonna look into it after the show and text you and let you know. All right, let me get Bella Ramsey. She was Leanna Mormont from from Thrones. Let me get her playing Scout. I went all the okay. way down the line. Let me get Finn Wolfhard. Uh, you know from <laughs> It, Stranger Things. Let me get him yeah. as Jim. Give me Samuel L. Jackson as Tom Robinson because even though the part isn't huge, Sam Jackson, you know he's going to deliver, man. He'll he'll make more out of it. It, just, as, it wouldn't feel right if he wasn't in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah. And because it's current days, he could throw an MF in there, um, and and it and it, would, it would make total sense. Like MF, you know I didn't. Do you know I didn't rape you? Okay, so uh, and that's a reference to the movie, not just an offhanded reference to that you know that topic. But as Boo Radley, you can go with Gary Oldman. 
because once again, even though he it's a smaller part, old men would kill it. You know, he's one of the former, you know, one of the few, you know, former leading men that has really never been afraid, you know, like to kind of dig his teeth into like a good auxiliary role. Uh, and as your as your director, let me get Ava DuVernay. Yeah, for anybody that's not aware, she did Selma, the 13th documentary for Netflix, and a bunch of other stuff. So that is nice. my pitch. Actually, I, I, I think this would play, and I think Gary Oldman would be great for that role. Um, yeah, and it is a good book, and and I don't know, like I, I I should know being a teacher, but like I don't know if it's still like I read it in school, but I don't know if my younger brother or younger sister ever did. So I wonder if it's kind of fallen out of the rotation, even though it is still very much relevant. Um, okay, so here's my pitch, and obviously I went for a much less serious movie. Oh, and, and before we go on this, um, speaking of remakes, I saw that Michael B. Jordan um, is allegedly casted as the next Tony Montana in the Scarface <laughs> reboot. Any thoughts on this? Uh, what's the best way to say it? It's okay. The first, my first thought was, "What the hell?" But then again, they had an Italian man playing a yeah, <laughs> playing a Cuban. So that's exactly where I went too. Yeah. So you know what? The, who the hell am I to say? Like, what is that all about? Plus, you know, there are plenty of Afro Cubans, plenty, plenty. Um, you won't necessarily see that in you know, uh, you know, covered in uh, media, but there are. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. I I could go for it because you look. I, I make no secret about it. I don't love Scarface the way that other people, you know, love it. I'm not saying it's a terrible movie. I'll, I'll say that on the timeline just to, you know, to troll people and mess with people. It's it's good. It's, you know, it, it's fine. It still is iconic in a lot of ways, specifically because it, you know, because so many people, you know, have loved it. It's been a part of the, you know, it's been a, a part of the zeitgeist. But it's not, you know, to me, I have no problem with them remaking it. Okay, so I, I kind of went through the same train of thought you did and i was like oh you know often italian can play a cuban whatever and and then i was like but do i want another scarface and and this is where i was at i was like nah and and i'm like you i i, I think i don't know if we've ever talked about this in the pod but like i think scarface is just wholly overrated like there's a couple good scenes and yeah, yeah of moments. course there's a couple iconic moments but on the whole, that movie drags, man, and and like the whole Tony's whole character makes zero sense, and like yeah. the whole thing with his sister is like really weird and not fun, and like I, I I don't know if I want that story again. So I hope that if this does, you know, if this is legit and Michael B. Jordan's gonna do his rendition of Tony, Mon- I kind of hope they change the whole story up, you know, like give me something Modernize different. Modernize it. Yeah, I can see that. Well, you know what, you know what, I I would look at that as, and you know. You- I guarantee a majority of listeners have not seen this movie, and there's no need to see it. But they remade Superfly. Um, for anybody that hasn't seen the original exploitation film, it's a classic for the same types of reasons, but it's not a great movie. They remade it, and I, I went into it thinking, this is going to be terrible, but I'm going to watch it for entertainment purposes. And I did, and I enjoyed I had a good experience. With this, it would be the same thing. I wouldn't go see it in a movie theater. But if it were on you know cable or whatever, um, or I could stream it, I'd check it out. Here's the other piece of movie news before I do mine. Robert Pattinson doing the next Batman isn't going to work out to play Batman. I mean... And and so here's the thing. Like, comic book nerds are very, very mad. Uh, Blogger, podcaster, media hipsters are trying to make this, like, a progressive, cool thing. So those are the two ends of the spectrum right now. Uh, Where are you on this? For anybody that's not familiar with Robert Pattinson, I mean, not as him as an actor. We've all heard of him, The Twilight and all of that good stuff, um, like Water for Chocolate or Elephants or something like that. Um, I, 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 let me fill you in. He might, he likes to troll. 
He likes to mess with people. He likes to play games. He likes to you know give you know, give crazy interviews and then circle back you know nine months later and say, oh well, obviously that was all a joke. I think he's probably messing with people because he knows how sensitive uh, comic book nerds are. And you know, I don't not, think he is, man. I, I really don't. If he okay, if he does it, fine. I, I'm gonna laugh at it and, and see how it comes out. I mean, let's be real. He's gonna be in the suit. The suit has fake abs, and at one of the yeah. at one time, the suit had fake nipples. So like, it'll be okay unless That's he the, could, unless he comes in all puffy faced and bloated. You know, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, my thought is like, I'm not gonna over like he's not a hero for saying he doesn't want to work out for Batman. Yeah. He's not like changing how men view their bodies. No. So let's just chill on those ridiculous think piece thoughts are people um, really saying that yeah oh yeah that's oh, that's where that's where i saw saw this the first time um it takes courage to play batman was the start of the tweet Not and i was batman. like okay yeah sorry. but but my other thought is like he, 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 i don't know i saw the suit and i'm like he's gonna look big enough anyway it's just like you just can't come like you can't be like blatantly out of shape because batman has no superpowers and i need to believe that you can whoop some ass you know, that's it. You don't need to be like, you don't need to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. No one's expecting that. You don't need to be like The Rock or Vin Diesel. I just, I just, you can't, you know, not look like you can't throw. That's he, all. He already has that like square jawline to begin with. He's got the Batman jawline down. So, like I said, unless he like double chins it or just like purposely tries to get out of shape, I, I, I can't see it being an issue. But I, I will say. Keep it. Keep what I told you in mind, because I would not shock me to have him come back and say, like, "Oh, of course I was working out. Of course I was doing this." Does is he gonna have Christian Bale's iconic raspy Rachel? I, where, where are the drugs? See, and again, I could see him doing that, messing with you, but no, I, I, I would hope that they've learned from you know from that, because to be honest with you, that was the only thing I didn't like about the Bale ones. I loved, I loved the Bale movies. I, I think they're perfect. I, I dig the raspy boy. I don't know why he had to change that. Like, I don't know why he had to change to that voice when he put on the mask, but I dig it. it it's but, it's extra work. But if was, you go back and watch, in. it got worse over the, you know, like, over the trilogy. Like, like, like at the at the start, it was cool, like, gruff. Then it, after a while, it was just like, like a motorcycle starting up. So, come on, man, stop. You know what? And, and Dark Knight Rises actually sucks. I, like, mm-hmm. I, hate to, I hate to be that guy, and there was, like, the... Tom Hardy doing the, like, do you feel in charge moment was super mm-hmm. awesome. And there was a couple cool moments. And, yeah, we all love Tom Hardy. and But, like, that movie was nowhere near as good as the first two. And everyone was like, oh, Nolan Trilogy is perfect. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go with it because I really love the first two. But that third one, it took it, a dump. It isn't as bad as Godfather 3 comparatively to the oh, first no. Godfathers. But it is the Godfather 3 of the trilogy. It just is. Um, yeah. I, I, look. But the difference is, I'll still watch that. Godfather Three's on it. First of all, I'm looking at it like, why is this on my TV right now? And secondly, it's how how quickly can I turn it? Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's no reason ever to watch that one twice. Um, yeah, fair enough. That, that that's that's a different bar though. That's like the elite. <laughs> that's like the absolute hyperbolic yeah. third movie of the trilogy didn't need to be made. Example. Just worst. Anyway, long way around, but some interesting news that I thought we should make some jokes about. Um, my movie Highlander. When was the last time you watched Highlander? Oh, man. When did it come out? Did it come out in, like... 86. Yeah, so it probably would have been... Maybe, like... It was in the 90s. So, yeah. So, uh, I, I watched... Like, my dad loved all the old school action movies. We watched Highlander when I was a kid. I remember a little bit of Highlander, too. Do you know how many Highlanders there are? If I'm not mistaken, there's, like, four or five. There's five. I didn't even yeah. know. I knew there was a three. I didn't even know there was like a four and a five. And it like, just kept coming, man. Yeah, with like weird 
all like straight to video on the fifth one. But anyway, let's redo Highlander. Let's forget. Let's forget, you know, the Highlands. Let's go to a different place. Let's go to like ancient Greece or something. Let's just change up the scenery a bit, freshen it up. I want Alexander Ludwig from Vikings to play Christopher Lambert's character. And I want him to be like brawny, but like lack of purpose. I want um, Ian McShane from Deadwood to take Sean Connery's role as the mentor and just come in and just shit all over Ludwig. Like just be the (laughs) cruelest, but like funny mentor. Just give me all that dialogue. And then I want Jai Courtney, um, Suicide Squad, Terminator. I'm trying to think what else he was in. The, the one diehard where like Bruce, he's Bruce Willis's son. They're in oh, Russia somehow. Okay. I don't remember what happened there. And I want Jai Courtney to be Clancy Brown's um, villain. Kurgan. Nice. Very nice. And, and, and take some liberties. You know, add a little bit more plot to it. Like, what do whatever you want to do. Maybe there's a couple other challengers along the way. And it's more of a quest feel. But I think this would be a lot of fun today with today's special effects. And the, the things they can do with action movies today. Absolutely. I mean, what what made it great back then, if we're being honest, was it was cutting edge, you know, type special effects. So you can only improve you you can only improve that, uh, you know, these days. That, but that casting, you got me. You sold, oh yeah, you you sold it in the room with the casting. But then again, I, like uh, if I were a studio head, everything would get a green light. So there you go. <laughs> I feel, I feel like you were like maybe, but as soon as I said Ian McShane, you were like yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna tell you the truth. When you first started, I was like, nobody wants a fucking Highland, another Highlander. That was in my head. But then, as soon as you got the Ian McShane, I, I like leapt up in my chair, like, oh, okay, we're in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a bunch of movies that they're remaking that I don't want, and there's a bunch that they're not that I do want, and this is one of them. So let's, let's make it happen. Jabari and I, free ideas. Any studio heads listening? Any producers listening? You know, we'll, we'll take a. a you know, partial producer cred. Last one in the role. Whatever you want to do, take it free of charge. Run with it. Or or we do it ourselves. We do a Spencer Dinwiddie GoFundMe. True. Either way. True. 24.8 million in Bitcoin. That's all it takes. And uh, that's, all, that's all it takes for these ideas. Nonstop. Uh, <laughs> before we get to our Mount Rushmore's for the Southwest Division, let's, uh, let's hear a word from the kind people sponsoring the pod. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they are calling After the Dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, from one form of home entertainment to another. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com is the first ever, ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster than a, a normal pill. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't even need to go to the doctor's office and spend time like in a waiting room or a pharmacy line. Bluetooth's online physician is free of cost, and once shipped, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. 
Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, moving on to our Mount Rushmore. So, um, saving the Spurs for last because I think they're, they're the most interesting decisions here. Uh, New Orleans, in their honorable mention spot, they had Baron Davis. Uh, fourth, they had Drew Holiday. Third, they had David West. Second, they had Anthony Davis. And first, they had Chris Paul. I know this franchise has done nothing. Their history is short. It's been marred by some pretty sad moments. But this team kicks the crap out of Indiana, New Jersey, Brooklyn, and quite a few others of the more storied franchises that have 30-plus more seasons under their belt. CP3, AD, David West, Drew Holiday, B. Diddy, I can dig it. Yeah, I'm not too mad at that. I had David West in my, you know, in my honorable mention. Um, you know, and the, uh, the rest are obvious. You know, Drew Holiday, Baron Davis, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis. But you're right. Like, I, I, I was coming in you know, saying like, oh, it was kind of a struggle, but it really wasn't. They, they may not have ten or fifteen to choose from, but they have a very, very solid, you know, five, six guys. Yeah, and I was debating like, is is uh, Peja Stoyakovich like worthy of of bumping out like a Drew or West? Is like, nah. So like, it it felt like their top five was what it was, but. That, that top five is not bad, man. You, you know what? Just quickly, um, and you know what? I, I, I apologize because I don't have his at, but there's a, a listener that was kind enough to reach out to us uh, about this very subject. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss it another day, but he wanted, you know, he, he's a guy that he said, look, I was a Hornets fan, then I was a Pelican, you know, like, then I was a Pelicans fan, a Bobcats, like, he basically stuck with the, with the original franchise all along. Okay. And he, and, and he was, and he was basically saying, like, how come not, you know, how come we don't consider all of them a part of the franchise? So, you know, we'll, we'll get to that discussion, you know, in another episode, but I wanted to at least mention it because it was one of the listeners that, you know, that was kind enough to reach out. Me- meaning what? Sorry. Like that... That like, uh, like like basically, you know, for a guy like him that is that you know that has been a fan of you know just you know just due to the you know the constant moving in and out of several different franchises, that kind of well, where does he lie in? Because like he would say like Larry Johnson, and you know he he would include other guys from you know what is now obviously not the same well, franchise. Well, but like for him, and like just to spend a minute on it, mm-hmm. like does he is he a New Orleans fan today or is he a Charlotte fan today? Because that's I, where you're at. I believe he said he's a New Orleans fan now. So this is your franchise, man. You get you get to throw out that Larry Johnson jersey, put on put on your Chris Paul. It might be a little soon to rock the AD. Um, Throwback, you know, PJ Brown, Tyson Chandler, uh, David Wesley. Those are your guys. Those are your guys now. Uh, Why did you have to throw to PJ Brown? <laughs> Why did you, like like it was already shade? But if he you, was like, man, when I make these lists, I mm-hmm. I, I don't want to leave anyone obvious out and get a like, you were an idiot. Uh-huh. So I always go through like the all time leaders, points, rebounds, assists, all star appearances, season high, just in case somebody came in and had a crazy year I forgot about. And like he was in most most of these lists, like well, the top ten or fifteen. Well, he PJ was all star PJ Brown, right? Didn't he make yeah. the the all star team one one year for him? And I'm pretty sure he got an MVP vote one year because I can't remember the story, but the writer was like, "I, I, he was really important to this team, and it's my ballot, so why can't I put him third if I wanted to? He wasn't gonna win." And uh, yeah, I gotta find that story. But you know, wow. you wonder why there wasn't a unanimous MVP before us because guys like that were throwing PJ like Brown a vote. Exactly. Um, Market was throwing PJ Brown a vote. Um, anyways, New Orleans, not bad. Memphis. In the honorable mention, they had Pau Gasol. 
Then they had Tony Allen, Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, and Mark Gasol. I get why they have Mike Conley in it, especially if they're a, like a current fan. But Pau Gasol goes in that, you know, goes in that group. You know, he started your franchise off. You know, your first two, you know, you know, playoff, you know, uh, playoff appearances. I don't care who you got to kick out. For me, it's Mike Conley. Um, but wait, what about you? You kick out Mike Conley over Tony Allen? Yeah, because I think Tony Allen was actually. Uh, I think he truly embodied what the franchise was, you know, was actually all about. And it's not like Mike Conley had any more success than Tony Allen did. With that franchise, uh, Tony uh, look, Mike Conley was a better player. He got paid, of course, but was he? You know, was he more successful after after Tony Allen left? The biggest hustle of this last year was dumping Mike Conley's corpse on Utah. Yep. Well, what yep. a move! Um, yeah, that was a good move, and, and a lot I, of us were sitting there saying, like, "Oh, this is the difference maker for them now." Utah no, is no, finally no. in it. A lot of a lot of the <laughs> low the low files, like the Zach Lowe acolytes, who yes. think everything, and again. I always say that Zach Lowe's awesome, but like yes. people take everything he says as gospel. And he was like, "Utah Jazz feel like a finals team." Mike Conley's a missing piece, and then I had to hear that echoed on the timeline for like three months, nonstop. Uh, so, but just quickly for me, it, it's it's Mark, it's Zach Randolph, it's Powell, and it's Tony Allen for me. But I don't I don't have a problem with you if you put Mike Conley in there. See, of course, there will be listeners that are like, "How the hell could you not?" Just give me your list. <laughs> see, the thing is, like, I I I'm the same as you. I think Powell has to be there. Yes. Run. If you don't have Powell, you don't have Mark, mm-hmm. which I know is, you know, you might think that's skeezy, but he also averaged mm-hmm. like 18 or 19 and 9 mm-hmm. for seven seasons in Memphis, was an all-star, got them to the playoffs. Yeah, I have I have Powell over Tony Allen. And for the li- for the listeners out there that will you know, that are actually Grizzlies fans that will say, like, well, Powell never won a playoff game, it's not very easy to go up against Prime Duncan either. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I don't even know. Like those those teams had no no shot. Like Shane Battier and Mike Miller, you know, were both good players, but you know, they weren't they weren't they weren't there for that. Yeah, and I think the other team they lost to was the Suns at you know Nash MVP or Samari Marion Joe Johnson. So yeah, yeah. which can be forgiven. No no, no shot. Anyway, pow pow for me over Tony Allen. Um, Sharif Abdurrahim gets a shout out. Uh, He's on your list. No, no, no. I'm oh, just, I'm just giving him a shout. He oh. did get some. Him and Rudy Gay got about the same amount of votes. They each got like fifty or sixty votes. Or something. So you're so, giving him that vote, like, uh, hey, look, it's my ballot. It's my ballot. I can no, have him. No, no, he wasn't I, on my ballot. I'm I, just saying. Look, let's give, let's give my man a shout before he got out of here. Of course. Because my guy Paul Headley on Twitter, great uh, NBA follow, was saying that Sharif had the most. He might have been like the most empty calorie player of all time, and that's just not fair, man. Because Rudy Vancouver. Vancouver had nothing going on, and he was averaging like 22 a game at like 48, 49%. He was shooting really well. It's just that's not an empty points guy. That was there's nowhere this team can go, and I am who I am. Yeah, you just you, you the team just isn't good enough. But so let's was. just let's just give. I just wanted to give Sharif some love before All he went right. to Houston. That's all I was trying to do. Fair enough. Why, why are you trying to you know the Vancouver roots? Oh, because I'm a trying jerk. to shut me down, Jabari. <laughs> because I'm a jerk. Life <laughs> is uh, simple. <laughs> and and just for the record, like. I'm in Calgary. You know, most people who are listening to this pod know that. But, like, I'm not close to Toronto, man. Oh, I'm not close to Toronto at all. So, it's like Vancouver, if they had a team, they would be my soft spot, man. If Vancouver still had a team, for sure. Um, Houston, in the honorable mention, they had Tracy McGrady. Fourth, they had Moses Malone. Third, they had Yao Ming. Second, James Harden. And first, Hakeem Olajuwon. I will upset some folks. Uh, Yao Ming, I love him. He's an NBA, you know, he's a legend. 
he Hall of Famer, obviously. What he meant for bridging across, you know, the, you know uh, bridging your know, China you know, into basically the, the basketball loving community. I get it. So I don't have a problem with him being up there. But for me, it's it's T Mac and Yao as the honorable mentions, and it's because. A lot of people don't, you know, we don't realize because we associate Moses Malone for the success that he had later in his career with the Sixers. He was a, you know, he was on that deal. He was with uh, with the Rockets and was dominant. You know, five all-star appearances, a finals run, an MVP in a Rockets uniform. That is why I have to have him as my four. I've got James Harden, then Calvin Murphy, then Hakeem Olajuwon. <sighs> Calvin Murphy feels like the Udonis Haslam thing again. And I, I know he's way better than, than Udonis say, Haslam. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Yeah, but why is he a Hall of Famer? <laughs> over like, over Udonis? I mean, they're there. That's no, no, no. I I understand. Oh, I, I, okay. Again, I'm I'm just saying like he's on the really low end of these Rushmores because of how long he was with the franchise. But like this is a guy. He he was an All Star one time. He didn't win a title. He was never All NBA. Uh, you know, like they're how how is this guy a Hall of Famer? How is he on the Mount Rush? Like, I get I get he was there for a long time, but. I would have a really hard like what Yao Ming did for the game internationally. He was an All Star eight times in Houston. I know he's broken; they can never get it right around him. But uh, Kelvin getting in there feels weird for me. If if this were about the Basketball Hall of Fame and I had to choose between the two, I would choose Yao Ming. But if it's specifically to the Rockets uh, and the 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 service you'll you'll while there, it's yeah. I don't know. It you know what? You make a good argument. I still want Kelvin, but you make a good argument. <laughs> Like Kelvin's numbers aren't even bad, man. Like tw- no. twenty and five over an eight-year prime, shooting almost fifty percent from the field. No, no deep ball, but that's fine. Like that's whatever. That's that's all right. But he is one of those guys. Like I always pick on Mo Cheeks is my guy. I go to uh-huh. him like, where I'm always like, oh, if, if Mo Cheeks is in the Hall of Fame, then Sean Marion better be in the Hall of Fame. Then Andre Iguodala is going to be in the Hall of Fame. The Kyle Lowry is going to be in the Hall of Fame. But it really should be Calvin Murphy because. He, he got past the, like, I'm white and played with Bill Russell Hall of Fame ticket and still got in with one All-Star game. So I don't really I don't, I don't really get the case there so, wait, so much. Wait, Calvin, wait, wait, who, are you, who are you referring to right now? Murphy. I, look, you, it, you know, we, we can move forward. <laughs> How do you get to the Hall of Fame playing in the 70s and 80s with one All-Star game? Calvin Murphy, okay, we can edit it out. Calvin Murphy's not white. No, no, no! I'm saying no, no, no! I know I'm saying oh. he, got, he he's not part of the white guy who played with Bill Russell got his ticket. You know? Oh, got it! Got it. I, I, honestly, I'm aware. I'm aware he's like, not white. <laughs> I was, I was like, like, I was like, damn, Josh, damn! <laughs> first, I, don't even, I don't even know how to edit this. <laughs> I, 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 I'm guessing it's because he was awesome in college. Like, I'm, I'm guessing that's the reason he got the bid. Yeah. But no, when you were like, I could tell you were like. Coming around something like, oh, yep. did, did he do something that I don't know about? Am I gonna look like an idiot? Like, was, was he secretly on like the best player in the Olympic team in like the eighties or I don't know? Oh, that um, is phenomenal. That is no, yeah, phenomenal. I'm, I'm, aware, I'm aware he's not. I didn't want to say it. You know how I no. am. <laughs> no, but it does. It does feel like if you look at those Knicks teams that won the title and the Celtics mm-hmm. and some of those Philly teams, there's Hall of Famers that you've never heard of. That no one has ever mentioned on a TNT broadcast ever. Yeah, they, it won't. They have they have no accolades whatsoever except they were on title teams with you know guys in the fifties and sixties. It makes zero sense. But anyway, I digress. We're not on the Hall of Fame today. <laughs> uh, did you get? Did you give yours? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I would have had Yao in, mm-hmm. and I I would have had it the way the listeners did. 
And it sucks because I, I instantly... Tracy McGrady is my guy where... Mm-hmm. Like, if I never looked at stats, if I was your hoop Twitter dude, eye test, shouts, mgrads, gonna say what I feel, whatever, throw it off the cuff garbage. You know, I, I, I honestly feel like if I watch Tracy McGrady and I watch James Harden, I'd be like, Tracy McGrady's a way better basketball player. But he just isn't, man. Like, statistically, he just... I mean, he wasn't healthy was the big thing, but in Houston, he just didn't do what Harden's done in Houston. So, um... It felt weird leaving Tracy McGrady off because I remember him in Orlando and I remember thinking this is the best basketball player in the league. But, uh, yeah, I guess, like, the Houston run that he had is somewhat underwhelming when you look back on it. I, I look at Tracy McGrady and he is one of the ultimate what-if guys. Yes, he had some, you know, he had some healthy seasons, but it seemed like he was always a little bit dinged up. You know, a very varying range of a little bit dinged up to, you know, on the shelf. Um, I... Part of me also wishes that he had been linked up with a truly true, and I don't mean this is shade to, to Yao, but you know what I'm saying, like a truly, truly dominant other guy. Like, I really do wish we could have seen that. Because we all know a lot of these conversations really boil down to the circumstances that these players have been in. Oh, for sure. Well, yes, they can influence wins, and we all like to think like, well, if you, if you didn't win, that means you weren't a winner. No. Sometimes you just you go to a, a franchise that sucks and, and can't get out of its own way. And then sometimes it's just a matter of you're in the league at the same time as Mike, or you're in the league at the same time as Shaq and Kobe being together. Or you're in, you know what I mean? And so on and so forth. So he's well, that guy for me. He's one of so those guys. T-Mac had four chances at that, too, and really quickly here. He could have sucked it up um, and stayed in Toronto, but he didn't want to be in Vince Carter's quote-unquote shadow. He didn't want to be in his cousin's shadow. Okay, so he left Toronto, which is too bad because Carter and T-Mac might have kept each other content when they both, you know, aged in, and that might have been a lot of fun, which is which is a sad one. Okay, so he goes to Orlando. Then he has the chance with Grant Hill, but Grant Hill breaks, right? So, you know... He didn't want Vince, didn't want that situation. Goes to Orlando, doesn't work out with Grant Hill because he's hurt. He has a third chance, but Doc Rivers doesn't want Timmy Duncan's significant other, his leading lady, to come on the plane. And he's not willing to bend on that. So Tim Duncan goes back to San Antonio, chance number three. So dumb. Chance number four in Houston, him and Yao, but they could just never be healthy at their peaks together. So it is, it is an unfortunate career. And also I, the be, fact that they, had, they were going up against Kobe and Powell at that point. <laughs> because... Like, as as much as, yeah, that too. That too. Uh, and, and, I mean, the Mavs team that went to the finals in 06 and the Spurs team that won the title in 07 and all this. But, um, but there, there's another aspect here where we talk about players all the time really kindly, I think. Um, like, on the all-time scale, there's only so many all-time guys. McGrady is one of the three or four players I've watched at any point in my life and been like, this guy might be the best player to ever do that. Oh, he, well, I never he, felt that strongly about him, but I understand where you're coming from because he like, had everything. Like in Orlando, I, I thought he was that good. I, I really did think he was that good uh, for a minute. And obviously it didn't pan out. But like there's there's very few players where you watch what they're doing and you're like, you know what? Like he, he, might, he might be that guy. And... And I had that feeling for him, and I know some people will say that like they had that feeling for Grant Hill, and some people will say Kobe, and you know, aside from the LeBron Jordan, McGrady and Curry are the two other guys I can think of when they were on in their peaks, where I was like, man, maybe you know this this my guy might be the best guy to do it. 
Yeah, okay, so again, uh, we, we, we disagree on, on just how close either one of those players were, but I see what you mean. Steph, all of a sudden, and people hate hearing this, but he continued, okay, rather than saying he changed the game, he continued to improve upon the design. I, I, so I get why you know you know why you would think that with Steph, even though that's not the case. Tracy McGrady, six foot nine, freak of nature athlete, can shoot, can handle, can pass, can rebound, can you know when he wanted to, could actually be a very solid defender. Yeah, he uh, could you know, D up when he wanted. Um, to. So I get why you would think that. Yeah, he, he's not in that conversation, but I understand one hundred percent why you get. Yeah, you know, I'm no, he's, I'm, and I'm, he's I'm, not. I'm teetering on both on both sides of the aisle here. I recognize he's not, and I'm not saying like Tracy McGrady should be considered the goat at his yeah. peak, and that's not. But there were moments in Orlando where I was, you know, like he could he could be in this conversation. Yeah, if, if you know, he things shakes right. Yeah, I guess. Like you. I really thought he like when he was he he could do it all. He really could, and and the same thing with Curry in the unanimous MVP year. Curry just put up forty, so effortlessly. And I and I know the defense isn't there, and I know the playmaking is you know in the system that he plays in was never you know fully on display. And I know that athletically he's not there, and he's not the model that we're used to talking about this. But and I'm a LeBron guy, so I, I've made plenty of Curry jokes. But there were times during that unanimous MVP year where Curry would hit eight threes and you would just and just nothing could happen and then he would drive and he would finish in the lane i was like man he might he might have just you know he might have broke this a little bit like he's just a cheat code and he'd just be so far back and again like he would he would put up 40 in like 29 minutes and it it would just feel he would feel broke so i want to say mcgrady lebron and curry are the only three players i've seen live at any time oh and i'll say Shaq. So those those are the four. Anytime I've seen live, I'm like, this is this guy might be the best to ever do it. In the moment, fully into the fan eye test, not weighing anything else, just caught up in it type feel. So unlike Twitter, I'm not going to say, oh, you're an idiot. We can just agree to disagree. Shaq, absolutely. Like the thing with the thing with me on Shaq is there really is no answer. Like it's the same. It it really is the same as having a Hulk. Like, but, Whoa, we have, yeah. but we have a Hulk, and I'm not. To, and and you know, for Shaq fans out there, I'm not minimizing him down to just having brute force. I am the ultimate Shaq Homer, so don't you know? Don't get that twisted. But when you also have that brute force, and there's just nothing that can be done about it, <laughs> like that, you know, for me, while I got why the older generation got mad when we started calling Shaq and listening to him say most dominant ever, I get that. But for me, he's the most dominant, dominant player that I've ever watched put live. Just like how you, you know, you feel about those four. Yeah, no, he is so he is so damn good, man. And and that I forget about this because it's already four days ago. Mm-hmm. But I was getting into it on the timeline a few days ago because like people were telling me he was washed in Miami because oh, he averaged on. thirteen points a game in the finals <sighs> against the Mavericks, and Wade went crazy. Wade was just like, I'm, no one, no one. This is why fans suck, man. Yes, because no one was taking any shots at Wade. No one was taking any shots at Kobe. It was like a totally Shaq-related comment, and then it was like, oh, yeah, well, Shaq wasn't as good in the Western Conference Finals as people thought he was with Kobe, and actually Shaq was washed when Wade had... And it just It's just stupid conversations. Like, yes. Shaq averaged 22-11 and 11 in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pistons immediately before the Finals. He was second on the MVP ballot the year before that. So, no, he was not washed in Miami. Was he... Peak MVP Shaq in Miami? No, but like, you know, it's this thing like, oh, Wade won one on his own. No, he didn't, man. Like, nobody Shaq wins was really good. Yeah. 
It, it, it was, it's just silly, dude. It was, it was yes. a stupid conversation, and it got me, like, going round and round. And then, like, this guy was like, Kobe was better without Shaq than Shaq was after he left Kobe. And I was like, Kobe was, like, 25 when Shaq left. And yes, Shaq was, like, 33 <laughs> in Miami. Like, what are you talking about? So, here's – here's I, I repeat this on the timeline all the time. Um, I don't think we've mentioned it. At Josh Everly for Josh. At Jabari Davis NBA for myself. I know you mentioned the show, but I'm going to do it again. At Dunk's Discourse for the show. Um, one of the things I mention all the time is you don't have to tear a player down just to big up your guy. And whatever. It sounds like I'm you – know, like, like it's just like the lecture that you get from your dad, but it's true. You can appreciate Jordan's greatness. You can appreciate LeBron's greatness. You can appreciate Magic and Kobe and Shaq. You can appreciate all their greatness without saying like, this guy's great, that guy sucks. I know, well, I'm, and- I know I'm spitting into the wind right now because no one's ever going to listen. But really, I, I – the – the timeline is a better place when people just acknowledge that you know we're not all you know none of us are gods and none of us have like the ultimate opinion that's quote unquote right. I'm guilty of it too, man. There, there, there's framing. There's framing a take in a way that you want it to be perceived, mm-hmm. and then there's just outright lying. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Wade was the better player on the '06 title team. Shaq wasn't, you know, who he used to be. Fine, true. Yep. To- but like, Shaq was washed. You can't put up 22-11 and 11 in the Eastern Conference Finals and be washed. Trash. No matter what you think of the media and how awards are given out, you can't finish second on an MVP ballot and be washed. Nope. It just it just doesn't happen, man. And it's funny, too, because Ball is Life, at Ball is Life, one of the best NBA accounts on there. Mm-hmm. Just tweet some great stuff to talk about, look at. Oh, yeah. Um, I know I, I saw you were giving them some love. They were talking about magic, and, you, you know, you were talking about a little bit of that connection. Always. It's like no one ever mentions that. And it's I'm not taking a shot at magic. It was awesome that as a rookie he stepped up, filled in at center, and had the, the, the massive game. But people act like Kareem what wasn't there. Like, they never talk about it. Like, Kareem was averaging, like, 35, 16, and five blocks in that series before he got hurt in the first five games. He was absolutely eating. It, it, it's just so, weird. He can't even get a footnote. Like, the, yeah, the masses don't talk about Kareem, but we know why. But well, they don't talk about Kareem when they're glorifying Magic because it take it. The perception is it takes away from Magic if Kareem was great. Yep. And vice versa. Which it doesn't. Like, well, it. I mean, it does. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't in that moment. It does if we're talking about like, did Magic or Michael have more help? You know, yeah. it doesn't if we're having really niche conversations. But on the whole, no. Because you don't win five titles if you don't have a you know a stud teammate. It just the, doesn't happen. The reason why I don't have those conversations is because they're bullshit. Like, did Magic or Michael have more help? You can't or have more help. You can't just go by okay. The, you'll just the okay. We're, we're, we're getting we're getting too much. <laughs> let's let's do this another day. But yeah, you know what I mean. Yes. We yeah. Uh, we're we're going like you knew, full off. You knew that I was fun. about to go down the yeah. list. Right I was like, "You're gonna say something, and then it's gonna trigger me. Yep. I'm gonna be 30 minutes before we get back." Okay, we have two of these left. We have two of these left. Uh, we have the Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. and we have San Antonio Spurs. So Dallas, the voters had in the honorable mention spot Mark Aguirre, and then they. This is the worst screw up since the Wilt, uh, since Willis Reed was left off for the Knicks. Uh-oh. Then, then in fourth they have Luka Doncic. Whoa. Then, then in third they have Jason Kidd. Okay. Then in second they have Jason Terry, and in number one they have Dirk Nowitzki. Now, you said this to me on the show. You were ta- you were joking about how I'm young and asking if I knew some of the old Mavs, etc. Yeah. Nobody knows anything about the Dallas Mavericks before Dirk. Nobody. Yes. Like that. That's part of the problem here, man. Like. Rolando Blackman 
is like the leader in just about everything that Dirk isn't. He's just behind Dirk in almost every every category. Like he's not extremely close in points, but like he he was the Mavs guy for a long time for All Stars. He needs to be on this list. Mm-hmm. That's true. I had, I, you know, I I, I had Dirk Kid Blackman and Aguirre. Okay. Luca can't be Luca is already maybe had the second best season of any Mav ever, and that's fine. But, like, this is a franchise that's been to the playoffs, like, 21, 22 times. It's not a poverty franchise. You don't need to, like, rush a 20-year-old kid onto the Mount Rushmore because you can't remember the guys that came before. Like, it, it was just a little hasty for people to vote Luke in. Of course. And But here's my question. Where do you have Nash? Is he in your honorable mention, or does he not even get a, you know... A he didn't get into my honorable mention. Okay. Because I have him in my honorable mention, just like I have uh, Mark McGuire in mine. Um, I didn't have Jason Terry in, in there, and I recognize you know he's played with the organization for a long time, so you know folks are gonna you know folks are gonna appreciate him. But I've got Dirk, Kid, Marion, and Blackman. I didn't hear Sean Marion get you know, get mentioned in your honorable mention either. No, he he, he wasn't. Terry would have been my honorable mention okay. as much as he annoyed the hell out of me sometimes. <laughs> he was just he 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 was he essential to the title run, and he yeah. had, he was there for a lot of years in 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 the prime years of this franchise. Um, Marion's tough, man. Like it, you know. We could argue for days who the second best player in the 2011 title was. Mm-hmm. Um, it should probably be Tyson Chandler, but if you're talking about playoff impact, you can make a case for Jason Terry. Maybe Jason Kidd. Maybe Sean Marion. It was a real team effort behind Dirk for sure. But I just don't know that Marion gave enough of his Actual. best years to Dallas to to be there. I get that, and and obviously you know that I'm influenced by the you know by the ring. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with putting him in the honorable mention and, and sliding Mark McGuire up there, and I think we would end up with the same group. I, I definitely feel like Sean Marion should have got more minutes in 2015 for Cleveland, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I, I can't remember what his condi- you know what he was looking like at that stage, but uh, it was his, it was his last year, and he was definitely not who he was. But you know, like they were missing Love, they were missing Kyrie. They're in the finals against the Warriors, and he didn't play. Interesting. And I just. I remember one of that, like that whole playoff run. I couldn't couldn't understand why he couldn't get a few more minutes. I wonder uh, if he couldn't. So, I wonder if he couldn't guard or stay in front of anybody at that stage. Maybe. I mean, it's it speculation, just, it, but you know, it just seemed unlikely. Like the year before, he played like almost thirty three minutes for Dallas mm. a game, and they weren't good. But you know. Yeah. No, I got you. Uh, yeah. That anyways, weird aside, but um, but yeah. So D- Dallas, I think you know, Mark Aguirre, Orlando Blackman are, are largely forgotten. We talked last week about Jason Kidd playing, like I think, nine less games for the Mavs and the Nets, being part of the title team, um, Triple J Ranch, starting it off. So, so he makes sense. Shout out to Tony, but, Tony Braxton. But Luke, Luke is too quick, man. Like Luke is gonna be here, and he is that great, and he's gonna be really special. But like, come on, man, he's played one and a half years. He's never seen the playoffs. It, That's it's ridiculous to have him in there it, right now. It makes the franchise, it makes the franchise look bad when you throw that guy in there. When they've, they've been they've been in the playoffs twenty three times, like you're shorting a lot of guys who bled to give this team some success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, also, shout out to Roy Tarpley. Yeah, and 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 you know what, Michael Finley as yes. well. Yes, yes, actually, Michael Michael Finley was nice, man. Michael Finley should be in like that behind Terry, not far. Yes, and uh, you know what, Josh Josh Howard too. Eh, I know he's in your heart, but. Mm. Josh Howard was like the most. I was 
I hated watching Josh Howard, but he uh-huh. gave them Superman. Josh Howard was, I've talked about this before, every time Josh Howard shot the ball, I was in that irrational fan mode, and I was like, you just can't shoot it as good as Dirk, give the ball to Dirk, and go play defense. <laughs> just stop taking 19-foot jumpers off the dribble, and just give the ball to Dirk, or set a screen for somebody else to shoot a three. Like, we all have that punching bag guy, where like, yeah. when they play well, it's, I love that guy. KCP. <laughs> KCP is exactly that for me. But he, you know what, he was a good player. He did some good years. Yeah. Um, all right, last one, San Antonio. Okay, so San Antonio, uh, this really is should be a six-player ballot. Yes. Yeah, all, all due respect to Joe Gatarza. Um, no. Shouts to him on Twitter, you know, reaching out and saying it was really tough for him to leave off Elliott and living in the market, and I, and I get that. But, man, like Sean Elliott was nice and all-star once, twice, something like that, but... Yeah. This this was a six man ballot. It was Duncan, David Robinson, Tony Parker, Manny Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard, and George George Griffin. That's mm. that's the list. Mm. You got to cut two. So which two did you cut? No no no. I want to hear the listeners first. Oh okay. So the listeners they had George Griffin in the honorable mention. Mm-hmm. They had Manu next, Parker, the Admiral, and then Tim Duncan. And I feel like while this is fair, if Kawhi didn't leave San Antonio on bad terms, he's probably in there. That's absolutely the case, and that was where I was, and that's where I was, because I was like, man, he's got, a, you, you know, I love Finals MVPs. I was like, man, he's got a Finals MVP. He had some really, you know, you know a couple really good seasons there. He developed, two-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He developed there. I really, <clears throat> he deserves to be in this conversation. He deserves to be in a conversation, but I, I, I took him off just based on that, and also because it's, it's tough to, it's tough to jump, to, to jump anybody, and you know that's up there. So I got Kawhi, that's- I've got Kawhi and George Gervin, you know, my honorable mention. And then, who are you going to take out? You're not taking out uh, Tony Parker. You're not taking out Manu. You're not taking out, the, you know, the Admiral. And you're certainly not taking out Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, this is a really good top six. And, you know, we're not building the pyramid all the time. We are building the Mount Rushmore. And fan appeal matters. And loyalty to the franchise matters. Yeah. And and I still think, I still, I'm telling you, we are going to find out 10 years from now that, like, someone took a run at Kawhi's Lady. Or oh. someone said a bad word to him, or something happened behind the scenes because this did not just break, this did, this this did not just fall apart because, you know, he was fe- feeling a little bit rushed back. Spurs that fan, that man, oh something else happened behind the scenes. Spurs fans are gonna be mad about this comedy, but that wouldn't be the first time that something happened behind the scenes, <laughs> with with somebody on this list. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, f- fair enough. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not even gonna go there. But that's okay. Um, but but you know what? He's gonna be off for now because you know his 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 exit was ugly, and there's just five other guys who have a great case. So I, I had Kawhi off, and I left Tony Parker off. <clears throat> I put George Gervin in. Okay. And the thing is, like George Gervin didn't have championship level teams. I feel like some people who don't really know were like, oh, well, what about him and David Robinson? They didn't play together. They didn't line up like that. Uh, George Gervin did play with Michael Jordan. I was like, he was on the Bulls at that point. Yeah. Um, but he was kind of like Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant, man. Like, he yes. led the league in scoring four times. He averaged, I want to say, I'm going to look it up, 29 points a game, 30 points a game over his five-year prime. Highly efficient, over 50% all of those years. Just a killer scorer. Um, and he just... Like you said, you know, it doesn't line up all the time. Uh, Manu was a better player than Parker, even though Parker got the 07 Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. And I feel like him, Duncan, and Robinson kind of drive that point home. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of these six in your top four, but I had Gervin over Parker. 
Yeah, and and I totally, I, I actually agree with the thought. It was just tough for me to go against a dude that has four titles. Regardless, you know, like I know he was on a on a great team, uh, but he played a big part of that. You know, yeah, yes, he, he got the Absolutely. finals MVP. You know, the All Stars. But you know, for Spurs fans, if they actually no Spurs fans would not take him out. I'm I'm, in, I'm interested. Let's let let's hit the timeline with that a little bit more because I'm interested in seeing who Spurs fans are taking out of this. Yeah, but like the, the thing too is like I don't know. Gervin Gervin was a 12 time All Star. Parker was a six time All Star. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he did a lot more. Um, he just didn't have yes. as much success. Yeah, yeah, and that's I, but yeah, and I get it. And the teammate thing that you hinted at it is was like him or Manu coming out for Gervin. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Parker out. Yes, but if, if one of them has to go with him. <laughs> before we 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 sign off, I want to walk you through this because I you know how I do. I just got rolling on a thought and then I went in down the rabbit hole and I was reading game stories from like the 05 playoffs and um, so Manu Ginobili 2004 okay mm-hmm. July 8th this is from ESPN he was down to Denver or San Antonio ends up resigning with the Spurs for 6 years and 55 mil okay mm-hmm. had he gone to the Nuggets he would have joined Carmelo Anthony for Ooh. his sophomore season hmm. Manu would have been 27 just starting his prime oh that team would have been Andre Miller, Manu Ginobili, Carmelo Anthony, Kenyon Martin, Marcus Camby. Okay, that Denver Nuggets team without Manu played the Spurs in the first round in 2005, and they lost 4-1. Okay, mm-hmm. but if Manu isn't on the Spurs and he's on the Nuggets, maybe the Nuggets win that series. Maybe. And this is here we go, right? Mm-hmm. Who Could won the championship in 2004? Oh, the Pistons. Pistons. Who did the Pistons pass on in the draft? <laughs> oh, oh, uh, that team's losing. You know that team's losing to the you know the the end of the road Lakers. But I see, I I love it. I love the idea of an alternate universe where Melo gets to <laughs> Melo gets to to go and try to you know. Uh, well, the Lakers aren't the Lakers aren't in it because this is 05 now, right? This is 05. Ah, yes, 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 yes. It'd be yes. 05. So. Hypothetically, if Manu decides to go to Denver, Nuggets beat the Spurs, who go on to win the title, you could have had a Denver Nuggets team with Melo getting a shot at the defending championship Pistons in 05 with Manu as his number two. Like They would probably would have been 1A, 1B, whatever. Yes, please. That would have been so fun. I want, like, we should make this a thing. Like, alternate history, that would have been way more fun. I can go for that. I People, talk about, people talk about the 03 and 05 finals about, like, no one liked, no one cared kind of thing. No one wanted to watch the Spurs. Manu and, and Melo versus the Pistons in 05 would have been that would have been awesome, man. That would have been so lit. What happens um, if, what happens sorry if, for Spurs fans. No 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 I love it. Um oh you so you were positive the Spurs fans. Yeah, they'll get over it. They've had they've had some success over the last twenty years. What happens if we just really quickly if the Showtime Lakers all of a sudden didn't have James Worthy and they had Roy Tarpley? I know that we discussed this on the old show, but the uh, you know late Doctor Bus uh, as as legend has it wanted to trade James Worthy I think after you know his first or second year for Roy Tarpley to the Dallas Mavericks and had already agreed to the deal like in principle like you know like at, like on a personal level and went to Jerry West and said this is what we're going to do and Jerry West stopped that and said if you do this I'm walking today what happens to those Showtime Lakers if they they lose James Worthy and they gain Roy Tarpley and he has the same struggles that he had. Yeah, um, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. We could, we could walk that another time. Yep. I also, I've looked at that draft before, and like James Worthy's a hard guy to evaluate because he played with so much talent and you don't really know. 
He's kind of like Manu. If in you that didn't role see him, for sure. Yeah. Well, like, you, you, we still don't have, we don't have him leading his own team. Is what I'm saying. Like, we don't know what him in his prime would have looked like as the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Dominique Wilkins, safe to say he's a nice step up on James Worthy. I disagree. It, it it's essentially oh, okay. yeah. I, I disagree, and, and and we can definitely do this another show. But it's essentially like saying like, eh, it's tough to gay. It's tough to assess Clay Thompson. But no, it's not because we we've seen it. If you've watched James Worthy, you can see how great he was. So I was gonna say Dominique Wilkins went like one pick after Worthy or two picks after Worthy. Looks like so. <clears throat> that's another one. But anyway, save that for another time. Mm-hmm. If you're enjoying the show, <clears throat> please like, rate, and subscribe. We're on. Uh, Google Podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever, wherever, Stitcher. Um, give us a shout. Send us questions. We'll answer them. We haven't actually done an official Q and A yet, Barry. We should do that in the in the next week or two. All right. Next week we're gonna rank all of uh, Wes Anderson's films. So look for that next week. This Thursday we will finish up the Last Dance documentary. Talk about episodes nine and ten. We'll also finish our Mount Rushmore series with the Northwest Division. Maybe talk a little bit more Carmelo Anthony then. 